I come to you this late evening knee-deep in water, a fountain to be more precise, in a lush, leafy patch of green called Goodale Park, the Picasso-esque section of Columbus, Ohio, known as a short north, a veritable nightmare for homophobes, bigots, head-burying ostriches and their ilk. It is the Mount Everest of art, diversity, and free expression, magnet for creativity, yin to the otherwise conservative yang of the city. You are about to meet Nico, not a particularly interesting character himself, rather noteworthy for who he knows, one Jerry Rigged. Poet, mystic, and, some say, traveler through time. Nico has a tale to tell, Jerry's tale, and tell it he will, with the enthusiasm only a midnight drunk can muster. His sounding board, a squatting pig, frozen in time by the bronze of which it is cast, spitting water from its lofty perch and cascading waterfall down onto the waiting pool. The subject of this sloppy story concerns a wall, a very important and, as you will soon hear, indestructible wall. I present Nico, a dozen or so minutes before his inglorious face-first splash, not onto the scene, but exit from it. Of course you won't believe me, you swine. But that's why I'm talking to you, and not them. They'd eat me alive, thousands of them gnawing away at me with those sharp, efficient mandibles of skepticism. At least you have a sense of humor, which you don't believe you snort at. <laughs> but they haven't talked to Jerry Rigged. They don't know real truth. Man will consume lies, willingly, knowingly, in order to trick his fears. People don't need food or jobs or good housing. They need a shell they can back into, like a crab. The world can't hurt them. Tripe is that shell, the cold, brittle comfort of a waning empire. Ah, what do you care? Look at you. Spitting at casual strollers day and night, with more than a little bit of irony in the old wink-wink, eh? But you wouldn't spit at Jerry. Five minutes with him, and you'd be convinced, too. You'd come down off that concrete pedestal and roll around his feet. And you know what? You know what he'd do? He'd pull you up by those pink twitching ears and tell you to have a seat next to him. He'd offer you his last bite of ham and cheese on rye, his last drop of beer. Oh yes, even he has issues. You know what he just told me, not thirty minutes ago. That's right. I just left him, sitting in the back booth, where he's recently become part of the decor. I would have stayed longer. I have no aversion to playing the lush every so often. Cleans the soul as well as the liver, contrary to what my doctor says. But I couldn't stay. I couldn't watch him any longer. You know what he told me? Just come back from one of his trips. You see, the old boy goes on hiatus fairly often. Sometimes for a day or two, sometimes for weeks. One day he's there, then poof, gone into the clouds, or wherever it is he really goes. He told me, with a certainty, the zeal of a madman, or a prophet, take your pick. He told me that, for the first time, he was certain that eternal truth exists, that he'd seen it, and more importantly, well, 
let me backtrack to a few hours ago. There I was, standing on High Street, looking in gallery windows, deciding what I wanted to eat for dinner. I thought I wanted sushi, but I'd heard about this food truck that was going to be down the road a few blocks. They serve bagels and brats. Bagels and brats, if you can believe it. When out he jumps, from behind a car or an alley, I didn't know. He seemed to come from nowhere. <laughs> but that's Jerry. That's him, all right. He had the strangest expression as he stood there in that awful overcoat of his. His face, it had this burnt redness. More of a windburn, not sunburn. His hair, a wild mess. The old boy's smell, he did. More than usual. Come on, he says. I have a lot to tell you. So much for bagels and rots to the old brewery we trotted. Sat down in the back booth and ordered a couple ales and some sauerkraut balls. Jer, I said to him, where have you been, man? Everybody's been looking for you. It's been weeks since anybody's seen you. But the old boy ignored me, like he hadn't heard a word I said. His dark fingers clutched his glass. His eyes looked right through me as his mumbling took form and became words. This is what he told me, with God as my witness, and because it's Jerry, I can attest, it's what really happened. He'd been traveling. That much was obvious. He said he'd arrived in a place that was unlike any other he'd visited before. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know the era, not yet, anyway. It was a gray, desolate place. He was at the top of some peak, a rocky, blustery place, as if he were in the clouds themselves. There were people all around, a chaotic scene, racing this way and that. It reminded him of opening night behind the curtains of some theatrical performance. But this, this was no performance. A tent had blown down from the recent windstorm. A huge tent. All of the people were trying to get it raised again. There was a man, Ramirez was his name, who stood at a high vantage, giving orders, directing the efforts of the workers. He obviously was the foreman, or leader of some sort. Get those poles up, he kept shouting. The papers! We can't lose the papers! You see, papers were flying everywhere, flying around like birds, caught in the fickle wind. Some helped raise the tent again, while others snatched the papers from the sharp crags or from the air itself. We can't lose one! Not a single one! Ramirez cried. Until then, Jerry had been crouched, uncertain of the situation. But he approached Ramirez. Apprehensive as he was, his curiosity got the best of him. What's going on? he asked. What's happened? But Ramirez, suddenly and with a heightened sense of panic, called out to someone named Blake. Where is Blake? Blake! Why aren't you on the scaffolding? At first, this Blake fellow was nowhere to be found. It seemed Ramirez would melt with despair right where he stood. But then Blake appeared, a dark, sturdy, bulging-armed man, if there ever was one, like marble come to life. Seems Blake was the chiseler. Of what? Ah, we'll get to that shortly. The scaffolding apparently had collapsed around the time the tent went down, which was why Blake wasn't hammering away. He informed Ramirez that men were working on it. It would be up very soon. Ramirez told Blake to get some grub, quickly, while he could because once he began chiseling, he wouldn't get a break for a very long time. Jerry approached Ramirez again. He had some of the papers in his hands. Why aren't you in school, boy? Ramirez said to him. Jerry was shocked. In school? But this sort of thing happened often when he traveled. He'd take on someone else's form. He was the other person, you see, 
as real as I'm standing right here in this fountain. Ramirez looked at the papers. Ah, Georgie, these are the wrong ones, the wrong names. These are old, they've already been chiseled years ago. These are the McCarthy names of the 1950s. And these are the heroes, the honor roll of those who fought against American slavery in the 1800s. You've got Mussolini, Stalin, the Leopold II atrocity in the Congo, the rape of Nanking, Hitler. These are old crimes against humanity. I need the new lists. Those who opposed and those who supported the most recent tyrant, Adolf Tripe. Jerry, or should I say Georgie, didn't know what to say. Georgie, I'm sorry, Ramirez told him. It's this heat, first the storm, and now this furnace. We were behind as it was. The names have been pouring in. It began, then, the chiseling. Blake was back at it, up on the scaffolding. Do you see Blake there, Ramirez said. You see, Georgie, it's important, it's very important, that generations to come know who aided tyranny and oppression, and who fought against it. We must honor those who stood up to defend human liberties, those who sought to safeguard truth, and, regrettably, we must forever shame those who undermined our freedoms, the manipulators of truth for their own political or personal gain. The wall you see stretching from one horizon to the other is one of the celestial walls of truth, the wall of shame. Once a name is added, it exists for all time. It can never be removed or changed. The wall is truth, Georgie, standing apart from propaganda or other falsehoods. Ramirez, sweat dripping down his parched rawhide face, went on. Let me read some of the names recently added. Gregory Neff, former governor and senator from Ohio, opposed tripe during the election, but then supported his executive order banning all political groups opposed to the, quote, safety and security of America. This was the edict which effectively criminalized the Democratic Party and paved the way for a legal dictatorship. Here's another. Ann Wallace, former CEO of Zenith Oil, joined Tripe's staff and served as his first minister of alternative truth. Wallace organized the rewriting of thousands of textbooks, scientific papers, newscasts, and independent studies. It was her work that allowed climate change deniers to gain control of the scientific community. Through her initiative, what hasn't happened yet can't hurt you, renewable energy was outlawed. Jonathan Vance, former Speaker of the House, led the Republican charge for the Constitutional Amendment, the so-called Patriot Amendment which made it a crime to say or write anything uncomplimentary about the president or his government. Later became general of the Border Guard, Americans' version of the Gestapo, which brutalized Muslims, Mexicans, gays, writers and artists, and former Democrats, responsible for the liquidation of over six million citizens. Georgie stood transfixed. There are so many names, he said, awed by the vastness of it all. There's Mrs. Simpson, 344 East Prospect. Hey, I know her, he said. She's a real nice lady. I know her daughter, Andrea. Mrs. Simpson lets us play ball in her backyard sometimes. Mr. Ramirez, why is her name up there on that wall? Ramirez wiped the back of his neck with a bandana. You see, Georgie, Mrs. Simpson's what we call a passive facilitator of tyranny. At each opportunity, where she could have voiced opposition to Tripe's rising fascism, she chose to do nothing. In her exact words, via social media, she said, 
Please post only positive things. Cute cat videos and new recipes are welcome. All political posts will be ignored and you will be defriended. Love, love, love. Nearly every Republican during Tripe's reign is or will be on that wall. Each one traded his soul for partisan politics. Without their silence, Tripe never could have accomplished such extensive damage. Each one now professes his innocence, but the wall of truth tells a different story. They may shield truth from others. They might even hide it from themselves, but they can't hide it from the stars and God himself. For, as they well know, God is truth. Georgie gazed at the vastness of the wall. It frightened him and filled him with awe. How about that wall? he asked Ramirez. When do names get added to that wall? And sure enough, there was another wall, similar to the wall of shame. The wall of honor contained much fewer names etched into its surface. Those are our celestial heroes. Let me find some. Right here, Jessica Pine, Single mom, a nurse, organized local resistance groups in Alexandria, Virginia, created a blog to illuminate lies of the Republican health care restructuring, ostracized by most of her family and friends, died in prison two years ago. Another, Lynn Ma, led the very early fights against the immigration ban, successfully sued the government, temporarily allowing Syrian refugee children into the country until he was shot by an assassin on Ellis Island. Another, Latanya Smith, an African-American social worker turned activist, who led demonstrations on Public Square in Cleveland. She worked to improve race relations between blacks and whites, who were being pitted against each other by Tripe's regime, in order to create chaos and discontent. These men and women are, regrettably rare. Human inertia, the tendency toward non-involvement, this powerful son, is the Achilles heel of the human race. I don't know what that means, said the boy, Georgie. It means to stand up when everyone else is sitting down. To say no when all your friends and relatives say yes. To side with the weak, the unprotected, the ostracized when everyone else goes along with those in power. Jessica Pine, Lynn Ma, Latanya Smith will live forever on the wall of honor as a record of their lives. They will remind us of what we all should aspire to be. And then someone ran up with the lists, the tripe lists. Ramirez was elated. Good work. Take these papers up to Blake. Tell him he may have to work through the night. He'll have extra rations and all the sleep he needs tomorrow. But tonight, he must work. We have to catch up. Ramirez, with a renewed light in his eye, raised his open palm to the sky as if he expected some bird to gently land on it. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The beacon still throbs, Georgie. The beacon for my ancestors hundreds of years ago, mine and yours. The beacon that was nearly destroyed, but survives, survives, my boy. Because we the people demand it, to shine brightly through the long and perilous fog of uncertainty that still surrounds us. Go, run along and be a boy for now. Be a boy for a few more years and then, then choose. Choose the wall on which your name, Georgie Mankiewicz, will remain for all time. Then, not long after, poof. And he was back. No longer Georgie, but Jerry again, in his ragged overcoat and scruffy face. Only his wind-burnt cheeks giving evidence that he had gone beyond the hustle-bustle shadows of High Street's burgeoning building boom. I see you're unimpressed. Well, say something, swine. Do you believe me? Do you believe Jerry's story? 
I'm sure he's still back there in the bar. You can talk to him yourself if you like. Those words might be a bit slurred. Well, do something. Say something. Are you going to remain where you are, like a frozen statue? A grinning four-legged Pollyanna, spitting your regurgitated banality at the world all day long? As Jerry said, it hasn't happened yet. Not most of it. He's seen the future. The future of inaction. Of good men and women doing nothing. There's still time to prevent the atrocities sure to come with this rat. Tell me, are you with Caesar or the Senate? With the Redcoats or George Washington? The Sheriff of Nottingham or Robin Hood? Which wall will be your legacy, my cute little piggy? Shame or honor? Where will your name be etched for all time?